age where there's no such thing as oversharing. There's still too much embarrassment and shame about pelvic issues like mummy tummy, pain and leaking. But we don't have to suffer in silence. Welcome to Bellies, Bits and Babies, a babyology podcast all about women's pelvic health that answers questions you might be too scared to ask. Hosted by physiotherapist and pelvic floor expert Heba Shahid. She's on a mission to break the taboos surrounding women's pelvic health and to educate and empower women to live healthier, stronger and happier lives. In this episode, we tackle the mummy tummy with physiotherapist Jo Murdoch from the Physiotherapy Clinic. Hello, Joe, and thank you so much for joining me to share your expertise and your experiences. It's a pleasure to be here. We'll find out more about abdominal separation, how to test if you have it, what you can do to overcome the symptoms that accompany it, and it's never too late to begin your recovery. Joe, I'm aware that you see a lot of women in your clinic who are concerned about that mummy tummy or abdominal separation and that you do have this really strong interest in this area. Can you share why that is? Sure. I must say probably the interest started around 10 years ago. Women were coming into the clinic, very concerned about their abdominal wall. And the first thing I noticed was that it was very bothersome. So they'd often been dismissed by the medical profession as, you know, bad luck, it's just aesthetic, get on with it. But they were bothered and it was affecting their quality of life, I have to say. So that was the first thing. And then, of course, I was struggling with treating them. And part of that was because we didn't really know anything about it. So I was actually quite frustrated with, as physios, our lack of understanding and our poor treatment. And so then, of course, from that point, um, looking into the research, couldn't find much. And so we just had to really start experimenting and doing the best we could. That's interesting because, you know, a lot of the time women think, you know, they've got this thing that affects them, you know, physically. You look at it and it's really uncomfortable and you don't like the way that it looks. And the thing is, we don't realize that oftentimes there's a relationship between not just, you know, something that's hanging out there, but also what's happening inside internally. And so when we go to our doctors, a lot of the time they, they can say to us, oh, you know, that's just how it is. You've had a baby, you know, things stretch and you're just going to have to put up with it. And it's interesting that you mentioned about how women are feeling dismissed. And this is definitely something that I've seen in my experience as well. A lot of the time women are coming after having seen multiple doctors or multiple health professionals or even fitness professionals, and it's not going away. It's just mm. there and staying there. It's not, it's not moving. It's not shifting. And they're concerned. Absolutely. So let's talk a bit about what abdominal separation is exactly, because it's not just, you know, extra fat around the middle. Absolutely No, not. it's an actual... <laughs> physical problem, like a muscle problem, a connective tissue problem. So, Joe, what is abdominal separation or the mummy tummy? Good question. And now we can answer that. <laughs> um, so basically, if we talk about connective tissue and the piece of fascia that runs down the center of our abdominal wall, it's called the linear alba. And essentially, that piece of tissue has been stretched and in some cases stretched beyond its elastic limit. So it has lost what we call in our world tensile strength. The problem with it is that it is actually a, an important attachment site for our abdominal muscles. We've got four abdominal muscles, yep, 
and they all attach into this fascia. So we need this piece of fascia in order for our abdominal wall to work. So basically, you can just think about a separation as that piece of tissue stretched. (laughs) And for, for the women who are listening, we have to think about those four abdominal muscles, as you mentioned, as not just being, you know, one sheet of muscle. It's actually got two sides, a right side and a left side. And it's connected in the middle mm. via what you mentioned, that fascia, or as I say, elastic, like elastic bands or elastic Absolutely. tissues. Yep, and those four layers, what are they? What are those four layers of muscles? Well, let's start from the inside, shall we? So the, the deepest layer, um, that's our transverse abdominus. And so that runs from your pubic bone right up to your diaphragm. And then if you can imagine that on both sides, Layered on top of that, we've got another muscle called your internal oblique. Layered on top of that, we've got an external oblique. And then layered on top of that, we've got rectus abdominis, which people are perhaps more familiar with, running from our rib cage down to our pubic bone. And it's, of course, what gives the six pack that people would be familiar with. But let's remember that that's layer number four or the most superficial of our four layers. And that's the thing is a lot of women and a lot of even professionals can forget that it's not just about that outermost layer. It's not just about that top layer, that six-pack muscle layer. We have to work on the layers underneath and the layers in between as well to make sure that we do get that, as you mentioned, tensile strength, that mm. strength in the middle mm. so that we can protect our bodies, especially if we do have that abdominal separation. Absolutely. So, essentially, what you're saying is that abdominal separation is that stretch of that elastic tissue between all of these four muscles, not just one of them. That's right. And that's what is causing these women to experience that lower belly bulge. Yep, that's right. We're lacking tone. We're lacking tensile strength. So when you have women who come to see you, are they coming mainly for that aesthetic look? Is it that it looks like it's bulging or are they coming because it's bothering them in other ways? Are there other symptoms that usually accompany that abdominal separation? Obviously, it varies, but I probably would have to say one of the motivating factors is how it looks, which is fair enough, particularly when people are getting asked if they're, still, if they're pregnant again, which is frustrating. Um, but I think what we show then through a thorough assessment is we can demonstrate how it's actually affecting their function, which is nice because they, it almost validates their problem for them um, uh, more. It gives them more of a reason to try and fix it. Um, And then through that assessment, obviously, um, as physios, we're assessing their whole body. So we might find other things that we can link in with the diastases, be it a pain somewhere through their thoracic spine, through their lumbar spine, through their pelvis, be it a continence issue, be it a prolapse. Yes, often there is another symptom within their body that we can correlate with their diastases. I find it interesting because in your clinic, you usually see the abdominal separation. That's what they're coming to present with. And then the other symptoms are just kind of additional. Whereas I would often see the reverse. Like right. people have already seen someone for the abdominal separation, but they're coming to see me for the continence issue. Like they're leaking from their bladder or from their bowel. They have this pelvic organ prolapse and they never thought, or they have back pain or pelvic pain. And they never thought that the abdominal separation was related. And they think, oh, um, you know, I've had this since birth and I've had this for 10 years, 20 years. And, you know, I just thought nothing was going to change and I just have to live with it. Mm. But then when you start working on the things that help them to improve, which we'll come to in a moment, 
everything kind of comes together, not just the, yeah. the you know, they're improving their pelvic floor, but they're also improving their backs and their mm. pelvis and their posture mm. and, and then the, the abdominal separation as well. I guess it's just proving the point that it's less about the separation, more about the function. That's right. You bring back the function and suddenly you're starting to correct other things. That's right. Mm. And and that's that's something that I'd like to talk more about is that for so long, especially in physio circles, um, and even when women come to see us because they've read online or their fitness professional might have told them, we're trying to bring the gap back together. We want to bring the two sides of the abdomen back together. That they, you're going to close the gap. But what we know today is that it's less about bringing the gap together. It's less about bringing the two muscles together and closing the gap, but as you mentioned, more about function. So can you elaborate a little bit more on why it's important to restore function and fix symptoms rather than trying to work so hard to close the gap? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's with thanks to um, a bunch of researchers and some great physios around the world that we certainly understand that this obsession with closing the gap is actually not as important as thinking more about how the abdominal wall is functioning. And so I'm grateful for that because what we find as clinicians is it's not always that easy to close the gap. And we'll see someone moving better, getting better, but for them, we're not we're not helping them because the gap is still two centimetres. <laughs> so, um, yes, it's absolutely more important to be thinking about all of those four layers of abdominal muscles doing their job at the right time and that as we progress through rehab it, that we're improving the tensile strength of the linear alba regardless of the space between the rectus heads. So for those of you listening, if you do have a gap, it doesn't really matter what matters is, are you able to stand, sit, move, walk, run, exercise, do everything that you want to in life without this gap or this abdominal separation holding you back and causing you symptoms, whether it is back pain or pelvic pain or bladder control problems or bowel control problems or even making things like your pelvic organ prolapse worse. What is important is that you are able to do all these things and even if you do have that two centimetre gap or you have that four centimetre gap, but when you actually activate your muscles, it's all taut and strong and it's protecting you. So I guess it's almost like a paradigm shift that we have to make as people, as women, and also as health professionals, that we need to move our focus away from what it should look like when we touch it to what it should feel like and how we're actually functioning in life. You're listening to Bellies, Bits and Babies, a babyology podcast about women's pelvic health, hosted by pelvic floor expert and physiotherapist Heba Shahid. Coming up, we'll find out why posture is important, and physiotherapist Joe Murdoch explains how you can tell if you're doing pelvic floor exercises correctly. If you're enjoying this podcast, check out the parent panel. Every week, Siobhan Hunt chats to two opinionated parents about what's been happening on social media, in cafes, and around the water cooler. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. Little kids love things that are gross. Bottoms and doodles. Food poo. Jokes. Oh, poo. Oh, man. Yeah. 
to The Parent Panel. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. So apart from these symptoms that I mentioned, have you seen any other symptoms that usually accompany an abdominal separation? Or what are the most common things that you see? Oh, that's a good question. Um, It's difficult to know exactly what goes hand in hand. But of course, um, you're seeing women postnatally or during their pregnancies. Um, And so more often than not, you are dealing with some sort of pelvic floor dysfunction, um, which of course you may end up with continence issues or prolapse issues with that. Um, Probably more common is pain. Pain anywhere, really, from your neck, right through your thorax, lumbar spine, pelvis. And it goes without saying, if your abdominal wall is not functioning, it is very difficult to stand well and sit well. And so with that comes pain and dysfunction in other areas of your body. That's right. And it can also be related to where your abdominals are separated, right? Like not everybody's going to have abdominal separation at the belly button. It could be above, it could be below. And it's not always going to be just about how far it's separated, but how deep it's separated as well. Like how many layers of tissue has it separated through? So can can you talk a little bit about how women can assess for an abdominal separation themselves in their home? easily they can feel. So let's just start by, um, I guess, putting your hands around your um, umbilicus or your belly button above and below. And really what you're feeling for is space and and depth. So if you can push your fingers down in between your two muscles, there is what we would call too much laxity in the tissue. So the tissue is too floppy. Yeah, it should it should be quite taut to put your fingers there. Um, so start by just doing that lying down. And then I guess if you lift, try and start to lift your head or contract your abdominals, then you'll get a better appreciation for what that tissue is doing. And if it feels spacious and floppy, there is a separation there. The other thing that might be handy to do um, is if you are lying down, pop your legs down straight, pop your hand over your belly and just lift one leg up off the ground. And if you feel your tummy bulging into your hands, there's a dysfunction there and likely there's a separation there too. And is the best way to test for this lying down or can they also test in other positions? Oh, you can test it anywhere, really. If you're sitting, yep, just pop your fingers in between your belly muscles and see what it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can really put your fingers in or you feel like, well, there's a lot of separation or it feels like really squishy, then it's probably best that she goes and sees a woman's health physiotherapist or a musculoskeletal physiotherapist who works with abdominal separation. I think it's a good idea. Mm. And so if she does then go to see a physiotherapist, what can she expect to happen at the consultation? her abdominal wall will be thoroughly assessed. So that means that the physiotherapist is going to scan her body and look at how she moves generally. Um, And of course, look at things like posture and alignment, just to get an idea of this system. Um, And then you can expect the physio is going to also palpate that piece of tissue down the center or that linear alba. And then depending on where you go, I mean, in our clinic, we use real-time ultrasound and have done for years. So it's Um, we would be looking at the muscle function. So during certain activities, we would be looking at how that muscle function is affecting that piece of tissue, um, knowing what it should do, and basically trying to find if 
if there is dysfunction in this abdominal wall, pick that up. So that's going to help us design a program for, for this woman. Do you have any interesting stories of clients who've had an abdominal separation and they've then progressed through a program to help them recover? Yes, multiple. Um, I think our patients are amazing. They teach us a lot. So um, I'm grateful for that. One that <laughs> springs to mind, she taught me that if you if you do design the right program and if the person is dedicated to doing it and it's it's you give them the optimal load, they get better. And, and I think the reason, because obviously with moms, it's difficult with time to um, get women to do their exercises. And we all understand that. But this woman had her wedding coming up. Um, and this was many years ago. But I just remember thinking the wedding was such a motivating factor for her that she did her exercises every single day. And I said to her, you've just proven to me that it works. Um because sometimes you, you're thinking, oh, maybe it's not the exercises working and you don't want to load the patient with too much exercise and you certainly don't want to make them feel like they're not doing enough. But actually what I do know <laughs> is if women can find the time to do their exercises every day, it does work. <laughs> Absolutely, because it's almost like you're just trying to create those messages from your brain to through your nerves to your tissues on a consistent basis so that eventually they're doing them on their own. Like you Absolutely. don't even have to think about it. And I often say this to many of the women that I've worked with is that really if, you know, and we can all do it, it, it is just a mindset thing, 10 minutes a day. If mm. you just did 10 minutes a day of focused exercises for the issue that you're having, just 10 minutes and you did that consistently for, even if it was just three weeks or four weeks, you will see results. Yeah. And they can be mind-blowing results as mm. well, like really quickly. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter how long it's been since you've had the issue. You could have had your kids 10 years ago. You could have had your kids 20 years ago. But your muscles just never learn to activate correctly mm. to help support you. So if you start and you do it every day and your muscles learn, your brain learns, then after about four weeks or so, they're starting to do them on their own without even realizing it. That's right. And you don't have to like just think about it all the time. That's right. That's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 minutes a day. I know it's, it's, it seems like it's too much, but yeah. it's one of those things that really does help. Ignore the washing. Hit yeah. a weight. <laughs> <laughs> we know that abdominal separation is an issue that can persist, you know, after women give birth and... A lot of the research says that about 40% of women who've had an abdominal separation in pregnancy, it can persist. And if you don't do anything about it, it can stay on for, you know, it doesn't just heal by itself after six months. It can stay on and be there for a long time. And one of the things that I often have to tell women is that having an abdominal separation in your pregnancy is normal. You know, we, we have that baby that's growing and sometimes towards the end of the pregnancy, it can be difficult, even if you are doing a lot of the right things, even if you are exercising, even if you are focusing on your alignment, because the body's changing. And I personally experienced this, like I had a pretty significant abdominal separation in my pregnancy. And because those muscles attach onto your pubic bone, I was getting pretty severe pubic pain and I couldn't even walk at some points and mm. I couldn't even get out of bed. And I was exercising and I was doing all the right things. But in that last month of my pregnancy, there was nothing that I could do that would help me. Is there any advice that you have for women who 
are going through something like this? There's not a lot of evidence in the research around this, I have to say, but anecdotally, we've certainly noticed over the years that if we pick up early in a pregnancy that someone um, has, let's say a few risk factors, really overactive abdominal wall, and you can pick it pretty early, people can be overactive in their upper abdominal wall and, and you can tell they're not breathing well. Um, or the ones that say, oh, I've always had a little pot belly, you know that there's elements of their tummy that are too tight. Or the ones who've got a very toned abdominal wall. So when we hear the comment, oh, I've always loved my tummy, it's always been flat, straight away we're worried. Um, And the reason is, is because it makes sense. If the abdominal wall is quite toned and firm, it's less easy to relax and let go. And the reality is it needs to relax and let go to allow the growth of the baby. So I would say one of the biggest preventative strategies that we think we've implemented in our clinic is teaching women how to let go of their abdominal wall in pregnancy and embrace the pregnant belly, we say, because inevitably most people are holding some form of tension in their tummy. Exactly. And I guess in society today, because we want to have that flat belly look, we're always kind of holding our tummy in. Mm. And it's almost like this thing that so many women do. And I have definitely seen a lot of this. And it doesn't just affect the abdominal wall. A lot of the time when you're holding your abs so tight, you're, you're holding your pelvic floor tight. And so then you've got this added issue of tight pelvic floors as well and that whole tightness there Mm. and we just need to learn to kind of let go and I guess one of the best ways to think about it as well is that you know all our abdominal organs are in there you know our digestive system is all in there and it needs to relax and to move so that we don't get things like constipation Mm. and Mm. you know um, abdominal pain and so on so if we can learn to let it go Mm. and relax a little bit Mm it will actually help the function a bit more. Absolutely. You'll breathe properly and, you know, so pregnant women, just just enjoy the fact that you can let it all hang out. <laughs> Earlier we mentioned a bit about alignment and posture. Now, I've taught thousands of exercise classes similar to yourself and we do have a very heavy emphasis on alignment within those exercise classes. So how does your posture and your alignment impact your abdominal separation? Uh, Let's keep it simple. If you keep your bones in the right place, your muscles work better. And so if your abdominal muscles work better, then it's going to impact your diastases in a positive way. So I think it's just as simple as that. Keep your bones in a good place. And if I guess if you think about it, when you're sitting, if you're sitting all slouched, um, you know, your tummy's going to be in like a compressed sort of position. Mm. And sometimes just showing women, you know, sitting in upright posture in what we call aligned sitting or neutral sitting, your belly can already start to come back into a neutral position. But if you're sitting slouched, then it's more likely to pooch more. And just showing women that can make a huge difference. Mm. So if we can even just start to make simple changes mm. to our life where we're just, you know, even if it's just a minute a day where we learn to sit in that mm. neutral aligned sitting, mm. we can start to get those muscles working mm. better because yeah. the bones are sitting better. That's right. That's a really good point. I mean, let's just get people sitting and standing well and there you go, you're working your abdominal wall at least a little bit. That's it. Mm. You mentioned earlier as well about breathing. A lot of women who have abdominal separation have trouble taking deep, wide breaths. 
Mm. How important is breathing when you have abdominal separation? Well, I mean, it's essential for a lot of things, isn't it? But it's interesting that we see that. And I think the reason we see that is because either they started with overactive obliques or they've they've developed them over time as a compensation for lacking the, the deep core uh, activation. And so what the obliques do, of course, is given that they they our obliques come right up and attach into our rib cage, if they're tight, they compress our rib cage. It means it's much harder to expand your rib cage. And so then, of course, people develop a new way to breathe. So they don't, they can't get the air right down the bottom, expand their ribs. You don't get a good diaphragm contraction. And of course, our diaphragm's connected into transverse abdominis, our deep abdominal wall. It's connected into our pelvic floor. And so the system is disrupted. That's it. And if you're at home and you want to know how you're breathing, you can do a quick test and just take a deep breath and feel where your air is going into. Is it going into your upper chest? Is it going into your lower belly? Or is it going into the sides and backs of your ribs? And if you have abdominal separation, don't be surprised if the air is up in your chest or down in your belly Mm. because you're not getting that right diaphragmatic breath and Mm. making simple changes. Actually, breathing is actually really difficult to learn. Yes. I find it one of the most difficult things to teach women. So if you can't get it right, you know, in the first few days, don't worry. It just takes practice. And Mm. it is one of those things that takes time because you've done it incorrectly for such a long time. Yeah, agreed. The other thing that I usually focus on in my exercise classes, which you've also mentioned, is the connection to the core stability muscles or the core canister muscles, as we like to call them. And the diaphragm is one of them. So Mm -hmm. breathing is definitely essential. And then, as you mentioned, the transversus abdominis muscle. So remember, that's that fourth layer of abdominal muscle. And it kind of wraps around your abdomen and your spine and it creates like a compressive type of feeling. And then there's your pelvic floor muscles as well. And there's also talk around the multifidus muscles, which are your deep back muscles. And all these muscles together form what we call the canis- the core canister. So the top is your diaphragm. The bottom is your pelvic floor. Around the canister is your transversus abdominis. And I guess if you think of your transversus abdominis as a corset that wraps around your spine, then the zipper of the corset would be the multifidus muscles. Mm. So how important... Is it that women focus on these core canister muscles when they're doing their exercises or even their day-to-day activities Mm. for that healing and recovery with abdominal separation? I would say it's essential. I would say it's important that people really understand it. I mean, we know a lot about people unable to connect with their pelvic floor correctly unless taught. And I think the same is true for the entire core system, possibly because there's lots of different ideas about what core means out in the community. So I guess what I would say is, yes, it's essential for women to understand how to activate their deep unit. Once the system is functioning optimally again, then let's remember it's an automatic system. So once someone has been through their rehabilitation, this system works. It works really nicely so long as you stand and you sit well, of course. Um, But yeah, I guess I would encourage people to understand their system and understand how to activate 
their muscles via their cues because everyone's quite different. It's very easy to overactivate, isn't it? It's very easy to pull in through more superficial muscles in our body, particularly if there is a weakness. You, you, we're not silly. Your brain's not going to go and try and recruit the weak muscle. It's going to go straight for the strong one. So it's um, very much learning a new skill. But it's, it's absolutely essential. So it's really important that we don't overlook these core canister muscles. And on that note, understand what are the core muscles. It's, it's not those superficial muscles that we often think about when we go to the gym. One of the most common mistakes women make is they're trying to work their core by doing things like crunches and sit-ups. And what I found in my experience is that sometimes if you're not using your true core correctly and then you do these crunches and sit-ups, you can actually make your abdominal separation worse. Like your belly pooches more and some women look down and they can see that it looks like a bread top or Mm. it looks like it's, you know, separating even further. So why, why is this happening? Um, Yes, I agree. First of all, we see that all the time. Why that's happening is because basically in an optimal system, your transverse abdominus works first. So your brain has already switched it on before you even start to lift your head up off the ground. It's very clever. Of course, if you've had some sort of trauma to your abdominal wall or you've had a separation or for whatever reason you've got a dysfunctional abdominal wall, often the first thing to go is that pre-activation of your TA. So as you're coming up into a sit-up, TA is not connecting. We're getting lots of superficial abdominal muscles doing the job. Um, And as a result, all they do is just put excess load through that linear alba and potentially make their separation much worse. So that TA is that deep transversus abdominus that's muscle right. that you mentioned. That's right. Thank and you. <laughs> if you're not activating that first, then your other muscles on top are going to work more, but then that makes the separation worse. Correct. And then it just makes your whole function worse as well. And then, that's right. Yeah, you, have, you can have all those other symptoms. Like sometimes women notice that they leak a bit more as well. Absolutely. Or they feel like, oh, if I'm doing a sit-up or a crunch, it feels like my prolapse is going down even further as well because you haven't even pre-activated the right muscles, which is transversus abdominis or TA, but also your pelvic floor is important here as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, let's, without TA, into a sit-up or a crunch, creating those um, the excess activity of your superficial muscles is going to, of course, create all of that pressure in your abdomen. And you're going to have to have a very strong pelvic floor to meet that pressure, particularly if you're doing repetition after repetition after repetition. And so we would strongly advise against that if we aren't aware of someone's pelvic floor function, for sure. Joe, so many women are doing all sorts of exercise. It could mm-hmm. be Pilates, yoga, it could be gym-based exercises or running. And a lot of women may be just going back to these exercises immediately post-birth. What symptoms should they be looking out for and when should they go and see a physio? Uh, yeah, good question. I would say notice what your abdominal wall is doing during some exercises. And if you're finding that your abdominal wall is bulging out, that's inappropriate. So through any exercise, your abdominal wall, when it's working well, it flattens. So let's just say you're in a Pilates class and you're doing a tabletop. That's a very hard exercise. Um, Put your hands on your belly. And if you feel a lot of pressure in your hands, that exercise is too hard for you. 
And not only are you doing bad things for your abdominal function, but as we talked about, the intra-abdominal pressure you're creating and the potential load on your pelvic organs and your pelvic floor is completely inappropriate. So first one, lay your hands on your tummy. Or if you can't do that, get someone to look. And if it is bulging or doming, it's too hard for you. And secondly, assess whether you can breathe. (laughs) So um, if you can't take a normal breath in, the exercise is too hard. If you know how to use your pelvic floor, you can also check in with that. So if you're in a plank position, for example, but someone's laid their hands on your tummy and they're happy that it's flattening, great. But you've noticed that you cannot elicit a pelvic floor contraction and you know that normally you can, then I would be questioning the load through your pelvis and and through your pelvic floor. And equally, if you're finding, actually, I can't take a deep breath in this position, then start to think, is this exercise too hard for me? And therefore, am I doing myself a disservice? That's it. And one of the things to keep in mind as well is that an exercise might look easy when you look at it or somebody else doing it, but for your body, you're not ready for it. That's right. So sometimes a squat might look harder than doing a leg flow lying on your back, for example, but your body can actually create the necessary forces. You're able to engage the right muscles in a squat correctly and you're not doming, you're not feeling any pain. But if you're doing a leg float, which looks easy, Mm. but your muscles aren't activating the right way. So it's not really, I guess, about if the exercise looks easy or looks hard. It's more about, can I do the exercise correctly? That's right. That's right. And being quite firm with yourself. Exactly. (laughs) And can I breathe through the exercise? Mm. I mean, I know personally, I can breathe through squats pretty easily, but if you tell me to do leg floats, I cannot breathe through it. work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for the women who are listening at home, can you recommend a basic exercise that they can do at home Mm -hmm. to help them reconnect to their muscles and just start that healing journey? This is risky territory, isn't it? Because we know that it's very difficult to give someone a verbal cue and know they're doing it well. But I guess what we do... um, in this case, is we get people to lay their hands on the, the typical areas where they might over-recruit or use a muscle that's going to compensate. So I would say, um, if you're listening, you want to lie down on your back and bend your knees up. I would say stick one hand under your rib cage on one side. And what you're feeling there is your upper abdominal wall. Um, so you've got good access to your obliques under that hand. And if we're going to use our pelvic floor, which can be handy, I'm going to get you to stick the other hand under your butt cheek. So you've got one hand on your upper abdominal wall and you've got one hand on your butt cheek. And what you're doing with those hands is making sure they don't work. And so from here, you're going to think about taking a nice breath in through your nose. And you're going to think about trying to draw that breath right down to the bottom of your chest wall. So you're imagining that your ribs are going out to the side. That's the breathing pattern that we want. And then on the exhale, I want you to think about just gently drawing your skin away from where your underline would be. That's our favorite transverse abdominus acute. It tends to work in most cases. So I'm going to say that again. You're going to inhale. And as you exhale, gently think about drawing your skin away from your underline, keeping the muscles under your hands relaxed and quiet. And then you're going to let that go. 
And then we'll go to your pelvic floor. So you'll take that nice breath into the bottom of your chest wall. You'll exhale, and then you're going to think about squeezing through your pelvic floor. I like the cue of imagining you're squeezing around a tampon or drawing vaginal walls together and gently drawing that up towards your head, keeping the muscles under your hands quiet, and then let the pelvic floor go. And then we've covered the muscles around the canister. That sounds like such an easy exercise in (laughs) theory, but we know a hundred percent that it is an extremely difficult exercise to do to coordinate because if you're listening and you try that your brain was probably telling you I want to do that when I breathe in not when I breathe out Mm. that's the most common thing that I hear Mm. Mm. so if that's happening to you you're like most other women and you just need to retrain that and if you do have an abdominal separation or any pelvic floor symptoms it's most likely because of this incorrect pattern that you might have been doing for a while. So do practice that. It's coordination Mm. of the core canister, as we like to call it. But it is hard, so don't worry if you don't get it the first time. Yes, agreed. Good luck. So if you're a woman who's listening and you've noticed abdominal separation or maybe you've noticed other symptoms with your abdominal separation. Maybe it's you feel like your pelvic floor is weak or your bladder is weak or you feel like, you know, you're losing control of your bladder or, or there's heaviness or dragging down there. It's about looking at your body in a holistic way. It's about making sure that the muscles are activating correctly in the right sequence. So not activating our superficial muscles before our deep muscles, but rather that the pelvic floor is coming on first, that you're able to take deep breath, that your TA or your transversus abdominis muscle has pre-activated before that crunch or that um, sit up or in any day-to-day thing that we do, because we bend down and we pick up babies and we do all sorts of things. Absolutely. And we need these core muscles to be working first. Mm, That's great. And you're not alone. Abdominal separation affects so many women And it's not something that you just have to put up with. So even though you may have heard from other people that, oh, that's just part and parcel of being a mum, it's actually something that can be fixed. And there's a lot of things that you can do to fix it. And the first step is to go and see a physiotherapist because Mm. the physio can assess all those muscles, can assess your alignment, teach you strategies. And, you know, these muscles are important. It's not about being able to run, you know, before you can walk. That's right. right. Let's yeah, exactly. Get, let's start with the basics. Get the foundations Baby right step. and solid. That's right. And remembering that you might, um, if you explore rehabilitation of your separation, you might find that it does correlate with some other symptoms that you've got and you might find that you're able to fix other things that maybe you didn't think you could That's right. So maybe you went to see your physio or you've been seeing a physio for abdominal separation, but your other symptoms got better first. Like maybe Mm. you were having a bit of leaking or you felt that heaviness or lower back pain, but that got better before Mm. your abdominal separation got better. Mm. And that's actually a really good sign. Mm. And also remember that it's not about the gap. It's about, Mm. can I do everything in life that I need to do? Can Mm. I pick up my baby? Can I exercise? Can I sit at my desk at work and not be held back Mm. by this abdominal separation? Mm. Can I live a life that's pain-free? That's the final episode in Bellies, Bits and Babies, a babyology podcast. 
For more on physiotherapist and host Heba Shahid, head to her website, thepelvicexpert.com. And if you think this podcast might help a friend, please let them know. Thank you.